All right. Welcome, everyone. Um, I want to say hello to everyone on this July 4th weekend and tell everyone to please be safe and don't uh, mess up your hands, especially if you are a defensive lineman. Let professional people light your fireworks if that's how you roll. Um, Number two. What an ironic week of sports. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't you believe Um, this week we are entitled to call this an ultimate uh, podcast and call it a sunflower seed type of snack that's coming at you. This is one of those that is definitely a mental burner is going to make you want to think a lot, hopefully, because uh, that's what made me think a lot when I heard a bunch of these headlines and thought about a bunch of this stuff. Um, But I also wanted to ask a bunch of you or find out the the tone poll. Um, Was it just me that when we all heard the definition or thought of the song, Isn't It Ironic by Alanis Morissette, where we kind of got a little bit of the definition skewed in our own mind because of those weird scenarios? But maybe it's just me, but because of that, I think I have misused it on multiple occasions. Um, But it made me look it up, and so I just wanted to say off the top that what I found to suit my irony (laughs) or definition of the Today Show was that the way I wanted to use it is that I found as a state of affairs or events that seem deliberately contrary to what one expects and is often amusingly as a result. So that is the noun definition and is what I am using as today's theme of the podcast, that a lot of the sports headlines and topics that came throughout this week were definitely ironic. And I start off the top by by this past week of Bobby Bonilla Day. And goodness gracious, what couldn't we be blessed with every July 1st of Bobby Bonilla Day and how amazing it is and how smart he was at a time, especially given the economic events and everything else that every July 1st, this man is blessed to wake up with 1.193248.20 dollars all from deferring from a $5.9 million contract, of which when he was totally washed up and done in 2001, it's just an amazing, amazing thing to think about that that this man also on top of it then is also gaining 8% interest along this contract. And why wouldn't you want to wake up to this? I, I heard a, a similar contract to the NBA recently of, of Durant Williams was also cashing almost something to the effect or two to the effect of $15,000 a week recently. And I mean, the debate would go, which would you rather? But at the same time, I mean, Bobby Bonilla, when the team even just tells you no and you're just willing to wake up, I mean, I'm willing, just waking up and accepting that amount in your bank Every July 1st, I mean, wow, I, I just, I just, I, I love it. I just love it, and I'm envious of it. And the contrary thing, or the ironic thing to me that makes it funny, is that all the while, on the same day, at the same time, the NHL decides to announce that they are going to defer the bonus payments that should have been owed to players that had met certain stipulations within their contracts throughout the 2020 season 
Now there again, like we're in the COVID era where so certain players could have met more because technically the, the season isn't over, but other players that currently have, have met certain bonuses. They should be owed this money. So all the while on this date, why or shouldn't these players, given the tame rate, just advocate or say that they should, or the teams, or even the owners, the owners of all people who are are trying to cry and advocate that they're losing so much money, just try and say, we'll give you this. I mean, maybe it's not an 8% like the Mets, but we'll give you a bunch of money in the future or, or an interest rate and your bonus at certain rate and knowing that we're going to hurt just for a little bit, um, not a little bit. I mean, NHL is the number one sport that draws at the gate. I mean, let's be real. If you wanted to ever look at a ticket in your local city that does have an NHL ticket, oh my word, those are the most expensive city or most expensive seats you're going to find in your city. Holy cow. But other than that, I mean, that is while that sport hurts to sounds to hurt at the gate you'd like to think that they'd be the number one that would be willing to to defer their players but maybe they're negotiating on good faith and thinking that they can rebound and i say more power to them i also say it's just a little ironic given the day that's all i got for that one all right uh the next interesting topic that came out this week that i define again to be as a mental snack of uh, the week to be sunflower seed, something to make you chew on, digest, and think about just for a little bit, is the, that um, the NHL decided to release two hub cities of which to try and plan or placate the rest of their um, season, as well as to move on to the playoffs and try and finish up with an, a cup. And I found it beyond, beyond ironic that the NHL, while it be a Canadian sport, don't get me wrong, um, and that there haven't been spikes in Canada. However, there have been spikes in players. Uh, recently, I thought I heard or come, came across the numbers to be anywhere from 15 to 25 out of 250 players that were supposed to head off to play in said bubbles that were testing positive. Um, but all the while... You are going, and these these hub cities were both named in Canada. Um, so nothing to be said of that. I mean, I almost applaud it and say go for these players because if they should test positive, you stand reason to get amazing Canadian or universal healthcare. So I applaud you and say go for it. But I couldn't help but remiss and think that um, the Canadian or Toronto Raptors have already relocated to the bubble down in Orlando to try and play or or placate the rest of the NBA season. And so what is the effect of one team versus the other when we're doing these bubbles? And it just reminds me all along of Alanis Morissette and isn't this ironic? All right. The, uh, the last little sunflower seed that I'm going to try and put out there on the snack flacks for you guys is the thought that at the same time when Derek Jeter was being or put out as the face 
as an MLB owner to justify the inability to really negotiate this said season and really the overall divide of the mistrust between owners and players and how, I mean, gosh, ironic that is coming off of his being separated with the game of maybe four or five seasons total. But at the same time, you had Rob Manfred on Dan Patrick admitting within less than two minutes of that interview that there was no probable way that this MLB season was going to be played for more than 60 games. Yet those owners and Rob Manfred tried to come out and say to these players that they needed to sign a deal and needed to also sign away that there was no reason or way that the, the owners were not negotiating in good faith. This man already went against that within two minutes of this interview and is now live. I, I just, I don't see how baseball honestly is going to go forward and can believe in these owners and the ownership group, especially given Rob Manfred. I definitely foresee this man to be fired relatively soon and, Given the next CBA, I definitely foresee the owners to be giving up a lot more than they definitely thought, especially given the loss of this season, to which they're going to hemorrhage quite a bit. And that's the other thing that I think the players ultimately know is that the the owners have been cashing in a lot. And while it's not technically on paper to where anyone can see or not, the the ultimately the way they've been doing these these TV deals and the way that the owners can charge up things, especially at the gate and or in the parking lot, everything's going to rebound eventually. So the players shouldn't be afraid to negotiate in good faith of what they should be owed currently and what they're evaluated currently, given everything that's gone down recently. All right, my last little take is, um, uh, what shall we call it? It's going to be a popcorn take. It's definitely um, extremely fluffy, as you will call it as on the snack scale. And this take is one that, while a lot of interest has been said of Cam Newton's deal and what he took ultimately monetarily, and the quarterback that he is or isn't based on or without the physical and certain things like that. I wanted to put it or redirect it more locally. And I wanted to address some of the comments that were said about or that were said by um, Coach Fangio of the Denver Broncos. And he said that the NFL is a league of meritocracy and that you are rewarded on the effort that you put in. And so I couldn't help but be remiss on how that contract came about. One, I mean, two, that's a different organization. There's a multitude, multitude of factors, but, but there again, the league technically is not they're one of meritocracy, Coach Fangio, number one, and two, as it has been clearly pointed out, because there's no particular way or why an organization would want 
a player coming in from the outside to disrupt their rookie quarterback or their younger quarterback. There are certain scenarios or different spots in, of which, like in Chicago, where you kind of you need to disrupt that that younger quarterback. But there's no real other scenario. I mean, the, the clear the clear example is San Diego where you're not trying to disrupt that rookie quarterback because you don't know what you have because you're not trying to disrupt that locker room. So there again, the ironic thing that I'd like to point out is coach Fangio of which the NFL is not about a systematic thing of meritocracy, except perhaps in coaching. But there again, we get recent articles that get put out of players that are trying, of black players, excuse me, who are trying to become head coaches and trying to to become coaches of which then they get seen as alphas within a locker room. And so they don't advance as coaches. So I'm more curious to understand if the NFL is a system of meritocracy or if it is still just a good old boys club of people of recent ideas and who you know. All right. The next segment of ironic things that came out this week, I thought was another different perspective of Cam Newton um, having signed with New England Patriots. But ironically enough, a few of the uh, Boston uh, local sports talk radio hosts talking about Cam Newton and his quote-unquote antics on the field and if that was going to work well with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And they started to get a little bit on the, I would definitely call it the racist side of things because they started to use the proverbial they or them when discussing Cam but at the same time, they started to totally um, cross themselves and and definitely make themselves exposed when they were trying to talk about celebrations and media and certain things like that. I mean, I definitely know and think that Cam can toe the New England line of not revealing anything and just saying that they're on the Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong, even if it is in a hat or a scarf or what have you. But they, these radio hosts tried to go over the line and say that Cam was an attention seeker and that he was all about himself in his celebratory, celebratory ways, whether it be in the end zone or on the field or off the field. And that was where I really found things to be more than ironic based on the players that New England has seen or had on their teams in the last 10 years. I mean, first comes to mind is Julian Edelman to the point where the man holds out the football on the first down celebration to the point where the NFL judge is ready to catch it and then drops it. So it's almost a, a humble you, you go pick this up kind of thing. You know, you had Gronk to where he's trying to spike a football that's into the, the you know, the atmosphere. You, you ironically also had another celebration where a, a uh, another Patriot was on Gronk's back. Um, doing some pony dog and pony shows, something to that effect in the end zone. Um, you also had, you know, Tom Brady, when he's going into the end zone, he's doing all the kinds of things. I mean, 
and even the way he's dressing and, and the way he's yelling at everything on the side. I mean, it's all an attention, me, attention, attention, attention thing. And yet Cam Newton, all he technically does is the same celebratory thing besides the dab that Randy Moss did in the same community. You're just splitting the defense as it was for Randy Moss or you're inverting that said motion and you're revealing the Superman chest. So what are we, what are we so mad about all the while he's wearing the better colors that were, that kind of go with the Superman, you know, logo icon, if you want to call it that. I mean, it, it placates a lot better if you really think about it, but to think that these guys are so narrow minded that he's going to be such a distraction if and if, and when he scores and, and yet that he's going to make it through training camp with such low guaranteed money. Like you guys just are so myopic that it just, it's just so shameful all the while. There's so many things that have come out of the Boston area of how racist they actually are and, and just how narrow minded the community can actually be. It's just kind of, it's, it's really just disappointing to know that you guys got a very capable as may some way say a 10 top 10 quarterback to come to your city and and these are the things that are actually going to supposedly divide a team are the same things that have all been going that have been going along all the while just sad all right so the conclusion of the bobby bonilla day and the irony of sports headlines in life is to obviously never trust anything and get it all in details except when it comes to deferred money with a percentage in which say yes, um, obviously, the NHL and or sports, I mean, if you really think that anything is going to actually go on and, and or the rest of these year with sports, you just really haven't broken down and thought of the logistics of how any team travels. And if and when you try and think about how they can do that effectively while maintaining social distance with all said equipment, you then start to understand how economically it's just not feasible. So that's how I kind of address and or sadly broad sweep all of sports going forward, Um, sadly, as the ironic part. But to include the the Major League Baseball part, there again, I mean, you have their top player like Mike Trout today even saying that you haven't addressed how he can then go and is trying to go see the birth of his first child in August. And if you then are going to have your top player out potentially for 14 days coming back with this shortened season, you can't give this champion a real benefit of the doubt in your own mind because it's just a hollow win. So why even get started before before we're really trying to get started? So I just really don't foresee sports to get going as a whole. So all in all, on the subject of irony, I would just like to remind, as the great Alanis Morissette did say, isn't that ironic, don't you think?